0: and also protects our clients as well. You can learn more about UpHeal and the awesome work that they're doing in the world uh, by going to sellingthecouch.com forward slash UpHeal. And UpHeal is uh, spelled U-P and then H-E-A-L, all one word. And at checkout, be sure to enter the promo code COUCH25, C-O-U-C-H, and the number 25 to get 25% off your UpHeal plan for the first two months hello hello welcome to session 208 of selling the couch hope you're having an awesome day so today's podcast conversation is all about funnels and building a funnel in an ethical way and some of the things to think about when building funnels now if you've never heard of the word funnel before don't worry about 2 years ago I had never heard of it either and even if you've heard of it you've probably like me you've probably heard that word if you've heard of it before and kind of had a weird reaction to it like oh that sounds like really like marketing jargon and I don't know if it feels authentic and uh, if it feels uh, if it aligns with who I am as a person and today my guest is Joel Lewis Joel is company's name is integratorandco.com and today we're talking all about funnels and Joelle is breaking some of that stuff down in terms of how to think about it, how to think about funnels, especially as a way for us to be able to attract ideal clients or customers for our businesses. We're going to cover a number of different things in today's session, including what in the world is a funnel? How do you even get started building a sales funnel? What are those essential pieces that one should have in place And then why is having something like an email list so important? I had heard this piece of advice over and over about creating an email list, but I never fully understood it. And I love the way that Joel breaks this down. We cover a bunch of different things as well. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation, especially if you've been thinking about, you know, hey. You know, I love serving clients, but I'm also thinking about how do I scale my business so that I can continue to grow without trading time to create income. Before we do get to today's podcast conversation, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Therapy Notes for supporting today's podcast session. You guys are looking into electronic health records, an easy way to manage your private practice case notes, submit billing, submit billing us have credit card processing all on file, I encourage you to check out Therapy Notes. They're actually a local company. I've gotten to meet with several of of the team members there, and they're just a nice bunch. You can learn more about the services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash therapy notes. So we'll get right to today's podcast conversation. Here's my conversation with Joelle Lewis from integrator
1: and co.com.
0: Hi, Joel. Welcome to Selling
1: the Couch. Hey, Melvin. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. I'm excited, like nerdily excited for this conversation because this is actually something I've been thinking a lot about for my own business and ways to scale and how to build systems and all of those different things. And I had a bunch of questions for you. So I really am excited. And I wanted to start at the very top, which is I feel like, especially in the helping professions, the word funnel. Just feels icky, slimy, scary, you know, Mm. all of those different things, I think. Can you explain to us, like, what exactly a funnel is? But I guess in a way that doesn't feel icky or, you know, all of those other things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Usually what I hear about funnels is that it just sounds so geeky, right? So, one of the things I always tell people, and I'll take a few seconds here to, to speak to your audience, is like, I just want you to imagine that you're putting a hat on your head right now, and let's call that your geek hat, right? So as a business owner, you have multiple hats that you wear, right? And, you know, we all do, whether you're, you're the accountant one day and you're the owner and the, operator, just right now, just for the next couple of minutes, just put on this imaginary hat. Or if you have an actual hat, just put it on and say, this is my geek hat. And don't be afraid of that because this is in this day and age with online and everything we you have in your arsenal, potential arsenal, the technology is what is going to help you to expand. It's a love hate relationship. I get it. But the more you love it and the more you say to yourself, I am a geek and become that person, the more you'll be able to, the better you'll be able to expand and grow your business. So let's all put on our geek hat real quick. And, and then let's dive into what is a funnel. Okay. In simple terms, I want you to think about a funnel. There's, there's three aspects to a funnel. There's the The traffic. So distribution channels, whether you're using YouTube, whether you have an email list, whether you have Facebook, LinkedIn, there's somewhere online that you are, and it doesn't have to always only be online, but somewhere where you're getting in front of your ideal clients or patients, somewhere that you're spending time to get in front of them. You're getting their attention. And then once you get their attention, you're taking them somewhere. Now, in most cases with a funnel, you're taking them to your digital, it's online location, right? And that has a domain name. There's a URL. So now, once you figure out where your traffic source is going to be, I call it your distribution channels. Again, podcast, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. You get in front of them and then you want to take them to a specific location. And this is where really where it becomes, there's a differentiation because of course, from Facebook, you could drive people to your website. But what you really want to do is when you're doing something really focused and you want to drive traffic to something spe- about a specific topic, you want to take them to your funnel and where that, how that funnel would look like. It seems exactly like your website, but the difference is instead of having all the distractions that your website will have, a funnel is very targeted. So they land on a, they go to a URL, they land on a page that looks exactly like a website, but in fact, it's, it's the first step of your funnel and everything on that page is geared towards getting them to take one specific action. Opt in for this per, you know, buy now, register, book an appointment whatever the action is that you're trying to get them to, to take, that is what every video, every piece of content, every testimonial, everything on that page is geared towards that one action versus your website has multiple different call to actions. You know, go to my about page, go to my contact page, follow me on Facebook. There's too many distractions on the website. And especially if you're doing something so targeted as your running ads, or you're doing a Facebook live about a specific topic, and you don't want to send them to a broader, you go from specific to broad, you want to go from specific to specific. And that's where, um, that's, so that's the second component of a funnel. So you got the traffic, then you take them to the page, which is the landing page or the, the first page of your funnel. And then the, the third aspect of the funnel, and I always tell people that, you know, people always forget about this is you got someone's attention from the ad from Facebook or from LinkedIn you get them to the funnel again it's focus and you got them to take that specific action they they provided their name email address phone number or just maybe just their email address now you want to continue to build that relationship or build upon that relationship so you want to nurture that individual that lead or that prospect by through emails and that would be the third aspect of your funnel is that you're just sending them some emails that is starting to build that relationship, the know, like, and trust. And sometimes people do that for a bit of time before you, you try to take the relationship to the next level. Sometimes people do it immediately, where it's like you ask them right away to book an appointment or to buy now or to whatever the case may be.
0: Does that, I guess, does that, the speed of that, does that depend on the niche or like how well-known the person is? I guess, what are the X factors that would determine whether I'm sending out multiple emails or I'm almost like sending out one email?
1: That's a great question, and I think it depends on it depends on, the, it depends on a, n- a number of things. It depends on there's this I forget the exact term, <laughs> sorry, but it's the buyer's journey, right? So where is the buyer? Where is your customer on their journey? So there's problem aware and solution aware. So there's two factors: how aware are they of their problem, and then how aware are they with regards to the solution, and in specifically your solution. So there's five stages from of awareness. So stage one is they're not aware that they have a problem and they're not aware that there's a solution. And you could imagine for someone like that, you have to first make them aware and then you have to educate them on the solution. Stage five is someone who's completely aware of the problem. And they are aware of your solution specifically. So someone like that, you don't have to convince them about their problem. They already know. All you have to do at this point is get them to realize that your solution is the best solution for them.
0: How your solution stands out from other
1: options, Exactly. And you, you know, testimonials and the distrust that you need to build and those kind of things. So in that stage, when you initially, you know, any, and usually when you're starting online and you're trying to build a funnel, those are the individuals you want to target first, because there's, to get them to convert is, there's a lot less that you have to do because they're already aware of the problem. They're already aware of your solution. You just have to get them to realize that your solution is the best. So in in that case, The sales cycle is a lot faster. You know, you could do a webinar and from that webinar, right away, they buy, they take action, right? But, and then if you go to stage four, stage four, they are aware of the pain, but they're not aware of your solution specifically. So they don't know you. So you have this, there's this trust factor and stuff that you have to build there. And so with each lower level, you know, from stage five to stage four to stage three, there's more nurturing that you have to do so you may need to do something like ebook right so your funnel is an ebook and they're opting in for something and you're giving them value and then you nurture them through email sequences through video tip series through webinars and then eventually get them to to buy from you so we have there's there's certain funnels where people take action right away like a buy now and get them to convert immediately and then there's certain funnels that you build that it's a longer a longer sales cycle.
0: You know, I'm so glad you're like, you're talking about this because to be honest, I never thought about, I mean, I, I know like about warm traffic and cold traffic, but I never thought about even the more nuances of that, like the whole buyer's journey. And it could actually be at like five different stages, you know? Yeah. It's such a, it's a cool way. And so I think that one of the things I'm taking away is like a funnel. Another way to look at it is almost like a path, a journey that the the potential customer is on. Right. And you're Instead of doing it like in an unethical way or a slimy way, what you're doing is you're guiding them and you're offering them a potential solution to whatever they're struggling with. And you can do that in a kind way, in an ethical way and all of those different things.
1: Yeah, I mean, someone has a pain out there currently, if you think about it, right? Someone has a pain. And here's another thing to think about. They have a pain and they've tried a number of things that has not worked. So one of the, you know, analogies I try to give my clients is someone is trying to get to a top of a mountain, right? And let's say the mountain type, the, the top of the mountain is the, the peak, the summit, that's where they want to go. And they've tried various ways to try to get up to that mountain. They've tried roller skating up there. They've tried you know, snowboarding up there. They tried riding a bike. They've tried different vehicles. They've tried different ways, but none of them, maybe they have gotten them halfway up the mountain, but they keep failing. And they keep ending back exactly where they started and they get frustrated. And you know that you have the solution. Like you have the vehicle, the rocket ship, the, the, the plane, whatever it is that's going to get them to the top of that mountain faster, quicker, with less pain. Like it is your responsibility to get that in front of them and show them like, look, I know you've tried a number of different ways. But this is the solution. This will, this vehicle will get you to the top of the mountain. Now, if you believe that you actually have that solution, and if you were to get in front of that person that you could solve their problem, now the next question is, what is the strategy that I'm going to come up with? Right. And when you think about me, take a step back into before you start to build your funnel, what is the strategy that I'm going to put together that's going to get me in front of that person? Get them to understand, you know, again, depending where they are in the buyer's journey, get them to understand that they have the pain. Let's assume that they already know they have the pain. They've already tried everything. Get them to understand that, you know, hey, I know you've tried everything before, or you've tried a number of different things, but here's a solution that you actually haven't tried. And this will get you to where you want to go. So like, what is the strategy I'm going to put together? Knowing that the person has been, they've, they've struggled, they've been, for the lack of a better word, they've been burnt by other individuals who said that they could solve their problem. Knowing all of that, and th- the way you know that is by serving people, right? You, The more you serve them, you know, like we've worked with companies, we've had people, we get on sales calls, and they've had agencies that have taken their money, $60,000, $100,000, and promised them the world, and they haven't been able to deliver. So knowing that that is something I'm going to have to deal with, how do I put together a strategy that's going to meet them where they are, speak to them where they are in a very ethical way and show them and guide them along that journey to know, like, and trust me to the point where they eventually buy from me.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I like the way that you're talking about this because I think it feels more authentic and you said it really well. It's a the responsibility that we have versus, you know, like something that we're pushing in front of folks. I wanted to shift a little bit. So you mentioned email and maybe this is part of that answer, but like, where do you even get started in building a sales funnel? I mean, do you focus on one of these like traffic sources and building that up? Or do you focus like on the website? Do you focus on an email list? Like what, where do you get started?
1: The first step is coming up with your strategy, right? Just on a piece of napkin, something like, what is, where am I right now? Where do I want to go? Like, what is the end result? What would I like to have? Right. And you kind of map that out. And then there's three, like I mentioned, there's three components. You have to have the distribution channel, right? So you have to have a, one of these platforms that you say, I'm going to dominate this platform. My audience is here, I or I believe my audience is here, and I'm going to spend my time, energy, and effort to start to cultivate uh, relationships, start to build my presence, start to build my brand on this platform, whether that's Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, whatever the case may be, okay? You could start to do that before you start to build your funnel. If I don't, I wouldn't want you to, because the technology of building the funnel is scary or, or you think it's going to take a lot of time. Or if you get caught up in paralysis analysis or perfectionism, like I wouldn't want you to wait until you've built your funnel to actually start to, you know, identify which, which, um, distribution channel you're going to be focusing on, whether that's Facebook, LinkedIn or YouTube. Start to do that work. Start to put some content out there. I mean, it only takes a second to jot down some themes, right? In terms of ideas of content, turn on your video and start doing a Facebook live or record a video and then post it into Facebook, right? Or create a Facebook page or whatever the case may be. It doesn't, most of your listeners probably already have this. So start, start to create that content, that organic content. Don't worry about creating ads. Just start creating some orga- organic content related to the subject matter. So. A quick little example, we recently started doing work on LinkedIn, and I think that's how we got connected, right? So and that, we just started that effort in June. We said, hey, you know what? We're going to start focusing on LinkedIn. And I created a list of different topics. One of the topics I created was called the five-second rule, and it's just kind of like a morning hack that I use. And I created a two-minute video. I posted it. I recorded it one day. I posted a little bit of copy, a little bit of text before the video. And the video was trending in LinkedIn. First time ever I've, ever. I've never really done anything in LinkedIn. I created the, you know, I brainstormed a couple of ideas. I put the video up there and then it was trending in LinkedIn. I woke up in the morning and said, your video is trending. I was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> oh, how right. Did it happen? <laughs> right. How did this happen? And people are commenting and people are like, I'm going to try this. And oh my God, this is amazing. And that just really started to, there was no call to action. There was no go to my funnel or anything like that. It just like share, comment, like that's it. And you're starting to build something. Okay. So that would be the first step.
0: When you're thinking about these distribution channels, right? So like, for example, there's the personality of the clinician, right? So for example, I don't mind doing video. I'm getting better at video, but it's like not my favorite thing to do, right? But like this is all hypothetical but like my potential customers or my potential clients could really like video right so how do you i mean do you focus on what the customer needs do you or like at the expense of like your personality or like or do you you know kind of push like in terms of get out of your comfort zone like i don't know if that makes sense but like how do you figure it out
1: yeah it does and here's the way i would answer i know different people would answer it differently but we're in business, right? And we're in business and we're, do- we're in business for a reason. Well, obviously to we want to serve individuals. We want to get them results, but to survive as a business, there's certain things you have to do. Um, and there's certain trends in the market. There's things that are happening that you have to be aware of. So, for example, if I was comfortable, I could, I could put billboards out on the side of a highway. You know, like people used to do back in the, you know, people still do it now, but is that going to get me to, that's very, in terms of comfort zone, all that kind of stuff, it's very easy to do if if you have the money to invest in it, but is that going to get you the results that you want, right? So I think there's, as a business owner, there's certain things that we got to look at. What is the trend? And the trend right now is video, video, video. And it literally, I get it as well. When I started doing these videos, they were like five minutes long, six minutes long, 10 minutes long. And the company that I'm working with that helps me with my marketing, they said, no, we had to get these videos down to two minutes, get to two minutes, get to two minutes, get to two minutes. So I had to practice and practice and practice. And I got them eventually, this is like the video that I mentioned, I got it down to two minutes. I rec- It wasn't live. So live is another level of, of resistance, right? So just record, record five times if you need to. My thing, I get into my office. I, I, I wake up very early. So I'll, I'll get to, the, I'll go to the gym. I get to the office at like 7 a.m. Before 9 a.m. So 9 a.m. Work starts at 7 a.m. From 7 into nine, I say, okay, this is when I'm going to create my content. And if I have to record the video five times to get it right, then I'm just going to record it five times. And that's what I had to do to eventually get comfortable. And now I could, you know, I can knock out the video's relatively quickly and keep them under two minutes. But video, if you look at any piece of like, you know, whether it's Facebook or, I mean, this is why Facebook had Facebook live. LinkedIn just came out, it's coming out or just came out with LinkedIn live. YouTube, of course, is video platform. It's video right now is the thing. And here's the great thing about video is that you take that video and then you could transcribe it. You could turn into quotes. You could you could repurpose that video a number of different ways. So you you take this effort that yeah, there's a lot of resistance around it. You're maybe not comfortable with it, but once you create that piece of content, you could repurpose it and use it in different ways. Yeah, you, know, you could put it. You could create a blog post around it, and then put that video in your blog post. So there's just so, there's so many things you could do. But the way I answer it summarizes: we're in business, and we got to do some things that. Are going to get us the results, even if it's, if it's going to push us outside our, of our comfort zone. I mean, we're the crazy people that decided to start a business, right? <laughs> Not, you know, there's a small percentage of us who are willing to, to do that. So we have to be willing to do um, some other things that's going to help us stay in business.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, and to that point, I think one of, if I'm just looking at my own journey, I think, for example, like podcasting, I never thought I would. Right. Yes, because I'm naturally more introverted. But, you know, as I've done more of these, the first several episodes were extremely difficult and I was super nervous on them. But as I've gotten to do more of them, I mean, now, you know, literally right before our interview, I came in, you know, like five minutes before and I can just kind of go right in. Whereas before, it would be like (laughs) the previous hour, I'm doing deep breathing and all of this stuff just to get ready. And I think to your point, you're right. You know, as sometimes, All of us have to take some level of risk and step out in courage and all of those things. And I'm glad you said that about the video. So you have these videos and then, and it seems like that I I cut you off, like right in the middle of.
1: No, yeah, no problem. The other great point about doing the video, like you're mentioning right now. So by doing the podcast, you created this skill, which then can translate to you speaking, which translates when you do webinars Like it's creating this new skill that is transferable. And the same thing with video, the video will translate to when you do a webinar, like you would be able to be on camera, even if it's for a few minutes before you go to the slide deck, it's going to help build that muscle and it's going to translate to other things as well. So that's, I'll get off my soapbox in terms of a video. (laughs) Yeah. So you create that video, you start to build that, you start to build that awareness and attraction to you ultimately what you need to do is start to build your email list because your email list is one of your distribute like when I, when you talk about distribution channels your email list has to be one of your distribution channels like there's no way around that you know regardless of what people tell you email is dead or whatever the case may be it is not especially for a local business so just to give you guys a quick little example we had a client recently who is a, a doctor He actually a chiropractor and he has this machine that he brought into his, he purchased a $30,000 machine. It's called the red light. It's kind of like, I guess a laser, it's kind of laser lipo like. And he came to us, he said, Hey, I have this machine, you know, it's doing great, you know, making some sales, but like to put it in, like, is there a funnel that we could build that could, you know, that I could generate some revenue from that funnel to get people to use my machine? We're like, yeah, great. No problem. What do you have as a distribution channel? He had a Facebook fan page, which he had about a thousand people on the Facebook fan page. And email wise, he didn't have an email system. All he had was 131 names on document, right? So he had 131 names on a document. And I was like, okay, that's fine. No problem. We took those names. We put it into a spreadsheet. We uploaded into a system. Um, when I say system, I'm talking about like MailChimp and Constant Contact and AWeber, right? So we put it into an email marketing system. And then we did a quick little coming soon page. And when I say page, I mean like a landing page. So like, you know, someone went to a domain, they typed in a URL. And then when they landed there, actually what he did is he did a video on Facebook, Facebook Live into that group of his that he has a the Facebook page that he has a thousand people. And then he said, hey, coming soon, I'm going to be doing this promotion for my red light machine that you may or may not know that we have now, just go click on here, put in your email address. So you you're notified when the promotion will start. We had 50 people put in their email prior to the promotion. So now his list is like 180. The final number is 181 people on his list that is inside of that email marketing system. We told them, Hey, you're going to get it. Once you put your email address in, you're going to receive an email, one email from me please make sure to go check your inbox, open that email up and make sure to mark it not as spam. Very simple. There was a video on the thank you page after they read, they put their email address on the com- for coming soon. And then that just helps with deliverability because when you add, when you start to use a new, new email marketing system like MailChimp, AWeber, you have to make sure that you're trusted and that Google and Hotmail and stuff is trusting that you're a good source. And then we started the promotion. It was an 11-day promotion. There was seven emails that went out over the 11 days. And he ended up making $12,000 in that 11-day promotion. Right. So this is why your email is super powerful. So regardless of what people say, email is dead, you know, do many chat or messenger bot or text messaging or whatever the case may be, email is still like gold to a business owner. And you just want to nurture that e- em- that list. Like, like you want to, um, safeguard your email list as much as possible because you're building a relationship with everybody on that email list. So that's why your email list is your is a main distribution channel. And it's almost like you're back in the day, you had Rolodex, right? You remember the Rolodex? Yeah, so your email is like your Rolodex. So everybody in your Rolodex is someone you build a relationship with. Same thing with your email list. You wanna build a relationship, especially for local business. Like there's no reason why for this client, like he, there's no reason for him to not in one way, shape or form, have interacted with 181 people on that list, right? He doesn't need 10,000. He doesn't need 20,000. He could he could have 181 people. He did twelve thousand dollars in in eleven days.
0: Right. So you don't. Yeah. So the big thing I'm taking away from this is you don't need like big numbers, and really the focus should be on quality over quantity. Absolutely. And then the third thing I think is I'm just thinking for clinicians in private practice. It seems like I don't know there could be like potentially two segments of an email. Like one might be local referral sources, and then the other one could be. Like potential clients, right? Potential people that might be interested in services.
1: Yeah. And once you have an email system in place, there's definitely ways to segment those individuals. Like obviously someone who's already purchased from you versus someone who hasn't, someone who, who just got onto your email list. So is new versus someone who's been on it for a while. So there's different, definitely some different nuances to be able to, again, just like we talked about the customer journey, where are they? So same thing in your email. Once they are on your email list, there's a way to kind of nurture them based on where they are. Did they just get on the list? Have they been on the list? Have they watched the webinar? Have they come into your office already? There's different things that you wanna you want to have the conversation needs to change based on how far they make it through through that journey with you.
0: Got it. Just offhand, do you recommend a certain email service provider or
1: great question. Yeah, so there's different levels to it. So to get started, you know, depending on where you are right now, the most simple, some the two that I consider simple is Mailchimp and Aweber. I would always say like those would be a good place to just start when you don't get too overwhelmed, too complex. Don't worry about a whole bunch of automation. They could do them, but those are really and and they're very low cost as well
0: yeah I know that I've used aweber since I first started s t c and it has been and it is it's not a it's amazing one to see how they've grown but two yeah it's not definitely not overwhelming in terms of like setting up emails or scheduling them out
1: yeah and as your list starts to grow then you go to next level next level next level as your list starts to grow you start to build more funnels and you have to have if did more if this than that right if this person did this action then I want this to happen. So, automation, so as you need to do get more sophisticated in your conversation in that journey, then you you may need to change from one platform to the next, um, but you you pretty much you could run a very successful business off of Mailchimp Aweber without a problem. The next level I would say is something like an active campaign which would give you more automation and they have a nice graphical user interface and
0: how i guess just really random and i guess man we like flew through this conversation this this will be like my really my last conversation how do you know when you're ready to like go up to that next level is it based on the number of people as subscribers or is it based on sales or is it based on the number of like products and services that you're offering
1: yeah it's a combination of a few things it's you'll start to feel the pain of like when you're trying to do certain things inside of a web or mailchimp and depending on what you're using to build your funnels um, and which, which we didn't actually talk about, but like, you know, there's actual, just like Squarespace and WordPress and Weebly helps you build your website really easily. There's platforms like ClickFunnels, which is the one we mainly use that helps you to build your funnels really easily. So when you start to have to integrate different applications together uh, to do different Things again to have those different automations, if this and th- then that, and your list starts to grow and you need to be able to manage it better, then you'll start to feel the pain and you'll be like, okay, it's time to switch to a bigger platform. So, we had a client recently who just started with us and she was on Actionetics, which is the ClickFunnels email automation system, which is great, but her list size is too big and the amount of automations. And when I say automation, I mean if this, then that the amount of armations that she's looking to do in her business, we had to switch over to an active campaign. So That's
0: cool. So it seems like there's a lot of like, like several layers that you have to consider.
1: There's several layers that you have to consider. I mean, just like, you know, there's even, you know, HubSpot and Salesforce. And Mm. so once you start to, You'll know, but you could, like I said, you could run a pretty successful business off of MailChimp and AWeber. But like one number I would say in terms of list size, I say when you get to like 10,000, okay, then you might want to go to like active campaigns. When you get to like 10,000, if you want to have a number that, you know, and then get to 100,000, you could probably do from 10,000 to 100,000 inside of active campaign, no problem, maybe even a little bit higher. But then when you have like a sales team, you know, there's multiple products Then you may need to consider like a HubSpot or Salesforce. I notice I'm not recommending Infusionsoft for anybody. So (laughs) I feel like that's probably a whole, (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole nother. I should mention, I'm sorry, I should mention constant contact as one, especially for local practices. A lot of people do have constant contact because it is one of the differences between Mailchimp AWeber that makes active campaign and constant contact stand a little bit apart is that active campaign and constant contact does give you more of a, a CRM where you could put notes you know you could put more details about each customer than you could on a AWeber or Mailchimp yeah so AWeber Mailchimp is just kind of the, the email, right? It's their email, their phone number, their name, stuff like that. And then you can see kind of like the different interactions they may have had with your webinar and these kind of things and what list are they on. But then if you need something more where you're, you're actually, you know, you know, keeping a better track of what they're doing, putting more details about each customer and then based on how many interactions they've had with you, you want to trigger certain things, then that's when you would need like an active campaign and a, a constant contact.
0: Got it. Joel, I feel like we could probably talk another hour. I just sense how passionate you are about it. And uh, I feel like even I had a bunch of questions I wanted to ask you, but I just in the interest of having a succinct interview and, you know, that clinicians are busy. So I I wanted to end our conversation, but I really am grateful for you and just all the knowledge that you've shared. Where can we learn more about you and some of the good work that you're doing in the world?
1: Yeah, Melvin, if you go to my website, so my website is integratorandco.com. So integrator and co.com and then the when I say and a n d co.com. And that's pretty much everything there. You know, to learn about me, my team, the the work we do in the world, you know, the, the type of clients we work with and serve, all that information is there. And then we're on I think we're on pretty much all the social media platforms as well. So
0: perfect. And I know you've got that three-part video series that explains what funnels are, and I'll definitely put that on the show notes page, which you guys can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 208. Um, Joel, thank you again for doing this.
1: Yeah, you're welcome, Melvin. And if you need me to come back to go a little bit deeper and answer some of those other questions, I have no problem doing that. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye.
0: Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with uh, Joel. And especially if you've been thinking about what in the world is a funnel and how can I start to scale? your practice. I hope that today's podcast conversation has been just a good source of encouragement for you. I like to have conversations like this, especially with folks that are outside of our space, because I feel like there's always things that we can learn and and think differently about. Joelle mentioned a number of resources, and you can find that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 208. I almost said 108. I don't know why. And then Joel also mentioned Aweber, which is the email service provider that I use. You can go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Aweber. That's A-W-E-B-E-R to get a 30-day free trial if you just want to check it out and see if it might be a good fit for your practice. As we wrap up, um, I was just thinking about a couple of things that Joel said. One is, it's that, that thought process, which I never thought, you know, I don't know, maybe this was arrogant on my part, but I just assumed when you know, whenever you have traffic to your website that people would want to click on it and be interested in your services. But one of the things that Joel helped me to realize is, yeah, there might be people on your website, but you have to actually subtly understand, you know, where they are in terms of the buying journey, right? Are they do they know about your product? Do they not know about your product? Do they know about their pain point? Do they not know about their pain point? These are all things I just never thought about. And I hope that today's session, especially one of the things that I'm going to be doing and I would encourage you to do is think about who those potential clients are and where they are coming from and where they are in that journey. And then the other piece of advice I would say is figure out what that one medium is, that distribution channel that you're meant to be on. You know, one of the things that I would definitely I think Joel has encouraged me to, is to try more video because it seems like this is definitely an area that I have a lot of fear about going into, but it's an area that people are constantly looking at video. As we wrap up again, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Therapy Notes for supporting today's podcasting session. If you guys, you know, one of the things I think a lot of people, a lot of us fear is, okay, so we're going to keep all of our case notes in this like digital platform. Is it going to be secure? Right. And I know that's something that I think a lot about. You know, can someone get in? Can someone access these notes? And uh, one of the cool things that Notes is they actually fully encrypt all of those notes. So they have a fully encrypted database. They have additional firewalls. And then they also do regular on-site and off-site backups to always make sure that our records are always safe. That way you don't have to worry about maintaining those on your own servers or even having paper files. You can learn more about Therapy Notes and the awesome services that they provide and get a little bit of a discount as well, a free trial over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Therapy Notes. And before I wrap up, I almost forgot to mention, Joelle has this really cool video series on funnels and it can kind of help you dive a little bit more deeper into that. You can find that link to that on the show notes page over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 208. Have a great rest of your day and I'm just so grateful for you. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Selling
0: the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit
1: www.sellingthecouch.com.